0: Ephesians chapter 4. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us um, and to our children and our children's children. We pray uh, that you would now send your Holy Spirit as we go to your word, that you would guide us uh, into your truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Reading from Ephesians chapter 4. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head, that is, Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. People of God, this is the word of the Lord. As a kid, I was always that kid and young adult and student who wanted to grow up, or at least look my age. Uh, 7th grade football was terrifying for me because half the guys looked like grown men And my mom was still shopping for me in the little boy section at Sears Um, In high school, I would stare at the mirror every day at my face to see if I see any trace of a mustache That would not come until 15 years later when I finally hit puberty Um, College, I was a camp counselor I would many times be mistaken as a camper Um, Even when I started here, when I was 27 years old, 15 years ago I had many um, men and women come up to me and say, How old are you? Do they let you preach to adults? Are you an intern? Um, So I've always um, wanted to grow up. And God has a similar fervency for his people that we would grow up. And of course, he desires that we not just grow up physically, but that we grow up spiritually and become the people that God wants us to be. This is a great drumbeat of the New Testament. Uh, Peter writes in his letter, like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Uh, Paul writes in Colossians 1, we proclaim Christ, teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone fully grown, mature in Christ. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be, grow up into maturity. And then here in our text, two times Paul says, let us grow up into maturity. So what's clear is that God has a vision for his people, has a vision for us, and his vision is is that we would grow up, that we would be mature. Uh, Renew, this series that we're looking at, is looking at ways that we want to renew our vision together in the coming years. And last week we looked at renewing community. We looked at Paul's vision of the church as a Open household that Jesus has opened up through his grace, invited all sorts of eclectic people in. Uh, and this week we're looking at renewing discipleship. That the church, Paul shifts his vision, the church is not so much a household now in Ephesians 4, but is a school where students learn to become mature, where plantlings, little seedlings, grow up to become full, fully grown plants. That's what discipleship is all about. Disciple is at the root which means student or learner or apprentice. God has a vision that we would grow up and become mature into the people that God has made us to be. I, I, I know that this is true, that every single one of us, whether you are not yet a Christian or whether you have just become a Christian or whether you've been a Christian for a very long time, if you're honest with yourself, you will admit the fact that there are things in your life that are profoundly immature, uh, that there are parts of your character that are malformed, that there are just frankly childish things about your own soul. Can you admit that about yourself? And that God's vision is that you would grow up into full maturity. And he not only has a vision for your greatness and your glory, but he's given you a place to do it for that growth to occur. And it is the environment of his church, the greenhouse of fertility, where his spirit lives, where he wants you to grow and become mature. So that's what we're looking at together. I love this quote from our, our forefather, John Calvin, who, who said this, the church is the gathering of God's children where they can be helped and fed like babies and then guided by her motherly care, grow up to full personhood and maturity of faith. That's the vision, that you would become the full person that God made you to be. That's, we want to renew that vision for the coming years. So let's, let's ask a couple questions about this growth and this maturity that God wants for us. The first would be this. What is true maturity? Paul mentions maturity twice uh, in this text, but what, is, what does it mean to become a mature, grown-up person? You know, I asked some kids uh, what it meant to be mature because I wanted to hear what kids had to say about it. Um, one kid said being mature means losing your baby teeth. Um, another kid said it means having a credit card And another kid said, it means you finally get to move to Texas. I don't know why he said that, but that's what he said. Um, So, you know, we all have really different understandings of what maturity looks like, you know, making your own decisions, living on your own, living self-sufficiently, living independently. Um, I want to be clear, though, that Paul has a very specific vision of maturity in mind. And it's important that if you're a Christian, that that's your definition of maturity, too. And it's all encapsulated in this amazing verse in verse 13. He says this, We all, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Oh my goodness, there's so much packed in there. Let me just look at each of the phrases. First, he says, true maturity is when we reach unity in the faith. Now, when the Bible talks about faith, it's often talking about your subjective personal belief. But every time faith is modified by the definite article, the faith, It's not referring so much to your subjective personal belief. It's referring to the objective content of your faith. The the truth, the doctrine that has been handed down, as it says in Jude 1 3, the faith once delivered to the saints. So Paul is saying part of maturity is that we get unified about what it is that we believe, clarity about the truth of the gospel that has been given to us by revelation. Through the Holy Scriptures, part of what it means to grow mature is to grow up in your understanding of the truth of the Bible, the truth of Christ. This is surprisingly controversial. I mean, we, we live in a, in, a, in a society that basically says, you can believe whatever you want to believe as long as you believe it passionately and as long as it, is, it works for you, that it's relevant for you. Um, but here's the thing, friends. Uh, passionate beliefs can be very wrong. Uh, you know, people passionately believed and still believe today that their race is superior to other races, uh, and that truth was highly relevant to them. And yet, that truth we know is profoundly wrong. There, there are, there is actually such a thing as truth. Uh, we know there are some things that are wrong, even if people think they're right, and we know that there are some things that are right, even when people think they're wrong. Paul refers in verse 14 to every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people. Paul says, if we don't grow up. If we don't stop living like spiritual babies, you'll just be swept along by every new idea and every new book you read and every new guest you see on Oprah uh, and every new concept that just comes along on the, on the internet. It, there's a whole lot of stuff out there that's actually wrong and that will lead you into destruction. And part of becoming mature is to grow in your understanding of the truth. As, as Paul says in, in Timothy, I love this text, he says, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So we, we seek to know the truth of Scripture together, and yeah, it's relevant. Yeah, it's satisfying. But listen, friends, it's true for us, not because it's relevant and satisfying. It is satisfying and relevant because it is true. So we seek the truth of God. This is why the Bible is so much a part of what we do here on Sundays. This is why when I get up in the pulpit, you know, my goal every week is not to tell you about some wonderful experience I had out on the James Drummond, my ukulele in a canoe, looking at the sunset. You know, I wish I did that this week. I didn't. Uh, But that's my, it's not my job to tell you about my experiences up here. It's my job to teach you the word of God. And this is what is grounding our community, the unity of the faith. All right? That's one part of maturity. But the second part, he says this, the knowledge of the son of God. Now, when this word knowledge is very important, he does not use the word the Greek word gnosis here which means brain knowledge. He uses the Greek word epinosis, which means it, it's hard to translate. It means like heart knowledge, life knowledge, like holistic knowledge. It's it's the difference between knowing something in your head and knowing something in your in your body, you know. Gnosis is reading Style Weekly's best and worst magazine. And seeing that Gelati Celeste has yet again won the best ice cream in Richmond for 20 years in a row. You know you, can know, you can read a newspaper and know that that is true. That's gnosis. Epinosis is going to Gelati Celeste and getting a scoop of Just Ask or salted caramel and taste, tasting it. Density and creaminess and viscosity and abundance and beauty and glory and feeling it in your body and feeling and your whole the beauty of it in your whole life. You know what I'm talking about? That's epinosis. There's a difference between knowing something in your head and actually experiencing it with your life. And Paul says it's one thing to grow in your understanding of the faith in your head, it's another thing to grow in the epinosis of Jesus, the Son of God, that you would actually grow in your experience. In personal relationship, knowing the love of Jesus for yourself. We have all young couples that we marry here, go through a little uh, marital assessment, and um, there's all sorts of questions that they answer, and one of them is a trick question, just so you know if you ever take it. Uh, the question says this, I know everything there is to know about my partner, true or false. False. And all these young lovers say, true. And we say, wrong. eh, You know nothing. You know, what you know now is the infatuation and the emotional feelings that you get when you're with this person. But in one week, you'll be like, oh man, I didn't know that. Because that's what a dynamic relationship is. A dynamic relationship is one in which you increasingly not know about a person, but you epinosis them increasingly so that 20 years in, you no longer just value the person for the emotional experience, the that they give you, but you begin to value them for who they actually are. And Paul says, I pray this would happen for you with Jesus. I pray that you would grow in epinosis of the Son of God. I pray, he says in Ephesians 3, I pray that you would have the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to epinosis this love that surpasses knowledge. May every year you know and savor the love of Christ. May every year, may you more deeply experience the delight of his grace. May every year, may you drink deeply and savor the bread of life that is Jesus. Do you have that kind of relationship with Jesus? Is it that dynamic? Do you you, you prioritize that relationship the way that you might in another relationship with your life? That's part of maturity, growing in the epinosis of the Son of God. And then the final thing he says is that you would become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is very striking. You want to know what a mature person really looks like? Look at Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is fully God, but he was also fully human. And so he is the fullness of what a human being is meant to be in every way. And Paul says to be fully mature means to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that you would actually become like Jesus. Resemble him. Of course, you retain your personality and your gender and your ethnicity and your culture and all the things that make you you. But yet God's desire for you is that you would actually become more and more like Jesus, that you would become more like him in his love and in his servant-heartedness and his character and his patience and his endurance and suffering and his self-giving nature, his commitment to live for God alone. This is quantifiable stuff, friends. Are you, are you less irritable than you were a year ago? Ask the person you came with. I mean, not right now. That'd be awkward. But um, like, do you do you worry less? Do you worry less than you worried twelve months ago? Are you less proud and arrogant? Are you less defensive? Are you able to receive criticism in a way that you couldn't just a a few years ago? Do you have more of a servant heart? Are you less compulsive? Less prone to addictive behavior? Are you a better listener? Ooh, that one hurts me. Are, are you more honest than you were a year ago? Do you exaggerate less? Do you tell fewer white lies? Do you work a little less hard to put yourself constantly in a better light? Are you less greedy? Are you more generous? If not, what is the point? What is the point of what we're doing here? What's the point of this church stuff? Do you know what it is? It's maturity. That we would grow up and become actually more and more like Jesus. So, there's this amazing definition of maturity here that we would grow in our understanding of the truth of Christ, that we would grow in our experience of the love of Christ, and that we would grow in our resemblance of the person of Christ. And you need all of these to be mature. You know, you might have a lot of knowledge about Bible and theology, but frankly, be a jerk. Be a self-righteous person who's a know-it-all. Or you might have lots of experiences of Jesus, but you don't have any teeth to your faith. There's no anchor. It's all sentimentality. All of these things make up maturity. And, and this is the point of everything that we're doing here, Third Church. It's wonderful to have great worship services and good music and good teaching and it's lots of Sunday school classes and summer VBS and all this church, full church calendar. But what's it for? What's the point? Busyness, religious activity? No, that we might become like Jesus. One of the most chilling parts of the New Testament is Revelation chapter three, when Jesus writes a letter to the Church of Sardis. How'd you like to get a letter from Jesus Himself? Open it up. You know what it says? It says, "You have a reputation of being an alive church. Lots of programs, lots of activity, good preaching, good VBS." You have a a reputation of being a live church, but Jesus says, you are dead. No life. No one's changing. No one's growing. No one's battling sin. No one's becoming more like Jesus. Friends, may may Jesus never say such things to us. May may, may we never confuse activity with maturity. Uh, May may we never get mixed up and think that, think that, uh, that busyness Is spiritual progress. What Jesus wants is maturity, that we would grow up in Him. So that leads us to a second natural question, and that's how. How how do we become mature? And there's lots that we could say here, but I just wanna emphasize something very striking, and that is that Paul's vision of how we become mature is highly communal. Uh, that Paul says, until we all reach, reach unity in the face, verse 13, we will no longer be infants, verse 14, we will grow up into him, verse 15. He's saying that maturity is a collective process of the whole community. Just like a baby can't raise herself and feed herself and mature herself, you need the whole body if you're going to grow up uh, and become the person God wants you to be. And this flies in the face of everything that we hear in our world that defines maturity as independence and self sufficiency. You know, our, our culture celebrates the individual path to self-discovery and authenticity. You know, you do you. Resist the crowd. Haters going to hate. You know, just, just you, go, you follow your own path to self-discovery. Make sure you Instagram the path along the way so that others can see it. But you do you, man. Friends, the Bible says, no, maturity is not independence. It's interdependence. That you might become more grafted and integrated into the body. That you might join this school of growth, this greenhouse, God has created for you to grow up. It happens in a couple of ways. It happens through mutual works of service. We see verses 11 through 12. Paul mentions a few of the spiritual gifts. He says that the whole body and the purpose of these gifts is that the body would be equipped, not just one guy like the pastor, but everybody is equipped to both serve and be served. The church is not a basketball game. Where 10 people are running around on the court and everybody else is watching and cheering. It's not a a concert where a couple talented people are up at the front and everyone else is supporting them with their money. No! The church is a spirit filled participatory community in which everyone's been given something to contribute and a way to serve and be served. If you're gonna become mature, you need input and output. You need input from people who are teaching and correcting you, guiding and instructing you, teaching you about the Bible teaching you how to cultivate a relationship with Jesus but you also need output. You need to not just take in content. You know, the person who just comes to church and just receives and never serves and never helps and never leads in any way is like the person who says I want to be in great physical shape and I'm going to do it through a great eating plan. I'm just going to eat. Well, if you really want to be in shape, you need input, you need caloric intake. But you need output. You need exercise. You need to burn off those calories. That's how we grow up physically, and that's how we grow spiritually, both by taking in and receiving, but also by serving with all that you've been equipped to do. So that's how we grow up, mutual works of service. And then he also says, through honest, loving relationships, and I'm not gonna, I don't have any time to really unpack this, but he's simply saying that you need people in your life, in the church, through whom you can find authentic relationships with, that will speak honestly with you, about these areas of immaturity and childishness because frankly, friends, the things that are probably the least developed parts of your life are the things that you cannot see yourself. The things that are hurting you the most are things that you cannot see. So we need brothers and sisters who are willing to speak the truth in love that we might grow up more and more into the image of Jesus. We need both teaching and honest, loving relationships of people who can tell us honestly about the way that we need to grow. So let me just close by mentioning a couple ways we're gonna work on this in the coming years, how we're gonna press into this at 3rd. We talked last week about we wanna follow this New Testament pattern of coming together once a week in our common house here at 3rd, and then gathering together in our parishes and our parish groups and our small groups and our scattered homes, and we wanna continue this vision of maturity in both of those places. Here in our common house, I'm so grateful for the heritage of discipleship in which we are a community who is seeing people from the youngest to the oldest grow up in Christ. I love. I showed these pictures a couple of weeks ago. I, lo- I just wanna show them to you. This is uh, little um, Andrea Flannery-Woy being baptized, who's now our assistant director of student ministry. Um, this is Becca Parker-Payne in VBS, uh, now our communications director. Uh, this is Gretchen, Gretchen uh, ames mallik who's now one of our key volunteers in our children's ministry. Here's Kathy Ames and Carolyn Oakley still teaching our little ones, grow up in the faith. Here's an awesome 90s picture of a youth group mission trip where we see, you know, Ward Marsteller and Cam Childress and Heidi Metcalf Little and Jennifer Rivers Fitch and Jennifer Parham, literally active governing elders who were leading our church, who were raised in the knowledge of the faith. I see some of you, I see Rachel Burgess and others who were out here who raised in this place, uh, now following Jesus. So when you look at like our renovation plans, and you see the way that we prioritized our children and our students, don't see rooms. See greenhouses. See places where little seeds are being planted so that people might grow up in the knowledge of the faith and continue this legacy of maturity in our church for the years to come. So we're going to continue to focus on maturity in our common house. And then, of course, we're going to press into building authentic relationships and in, in, through our parish groups, Because you also need space where you can grow in real relationships, where you can honestly let people see into your lives, and you can speak into the lives of of others. So friends, do you want to grow up? Do you want to grow up? That's what God is asking us. And if I admit it, I realize that I have not had the same zeal to grow up spiritually as I did to grow up physically. But I've been convicted afresh by my own study this week that I have been far too complacent and far too satisfied in my own stunted development. And I hear God saying to all of us, do you want to grow up? Can you admit your childishness, parts of your life you are not like Jesus? Can you receive his love for you and his forgiveness of you? And can you say to the Lord, help me, I want to know Jesus. I want to see him. I want to experience him. I want to be made like him let that be our prayer. Let me pray. We do thank you, Father, that you want us to grow up and become the people you have made us to be. And you not just have a vision for us, you have a plan. And the plan is the church, the greenhouse of growth, the school of discipleship that you've given us each other to help us grow up into Christ. We're so grateful for that. Help us to be faithful to this vision in the coming years. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.